And now for something completely different. Coruscant Radio Underground, the official podcast of ScienceFictionary.com. Joining me this week are Andrew Marisha Gore and David Peoples. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi. All right. So we, uh, we're we going to try something new tonight. We're going to cover some more general stuff. But uh, no, no worries. We're still going to cover plenty of Star Wars. And for tonight, we've actually had a lot of cool things come out since the beginning of the year. A lot of trailers dropping, a lot of news about new things coming. So we wanted a chance to talk about it. So what's everybody been up to? A couple minutes before we started the show, I sent uh, I sent a list of topics that I just came up with at the top of my head. Did y'all yes. uh, have any? Did y'all see that or, or did. have anything to add or comment? Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I've got a couple of other things that uh, have come out as okay. well, but no, there's some good things to cover on there. I mean, we can start with with Aquaman. It's already out. You know, it's not speculation. Yeah. It's we've we've all seen it. What did everybody think about it? Well, um, I didn't see Aquaman. Oh, you didn't see yeah. it. You didn't see Aquaman. No. Everyone's been t- well. Here's the thing: a couple a couple weeks ago, I had an opportunity to see Into the Spider Verse or Aquaman, uh, and I chose Into the Spider Verse. Okay. A couple weeks later, I had the opportunity to see Aquaman or Into the Spider Verse again, and I really liked that movie, <laughs> so I saw Into the Spider Verse again. Um, but I've heard really great things. But I'll let y'all I'll let y'all lead the conversation on this one. Obviously, I can comment it's, on it passing Dark Knight Rises, but it's 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 excellent. It really is. Uh, it's if the Dark Knight Rises thing. First of all, that's not the best movie in that trilogy. We all do know it's Dark Knight, of course. So that really, the Dark Knight Rises got lifted by the wave of popularity from Dark Knight to start with. Right. Yeah. That's a little bit of an inflated number. Not that Dark Knight Rises is a bad movie. That's a very good superhero film. But we all know how that number got inflated. Well, yeah, I um, mean... There is nothing bo- bo- boosting up Aquaman's number as far <laughs> as that goes. Yeah. There is not. And, and that's yeah. a really good point. I mean, Aquaman definitely got there on its own merit. That's mm-hmm. it. You know, there's yeah, it, no... I mean... Jason Momoa even is is oh. not as as big of a name as some of the others that it, it's it, not, I guess night. what I'm saying is isn't necessarily just there on Jason Momoa's name either or on how great yeah. the previous but he's a he's a star now yes yes definitely he's he's gonna be huge yeah but nobody's going to see that based on Jason Momoa's name by itself. Well, no male people, maybe, but no. I'm pretty sure a pretty yeah. fair number of girlfriends went to see it because Jason Momoa's in it. I'm just saying. But, yeah. but I would say they're probably going on Aquaman because I, I didn't see Justice League either, but I've heard that he was one of the way better parts of that movie, too, was Aquaman and Justice League. And that movie's just, Aquaman. Bad. Justice League isn't nearly as bad as its reputation. It, it is worth seeing. I'm not going to sit here and praise it over much, but Justice League isn't that terrible either. The, the two best movies in the DCU are Wonder Woman and now Aquaman, and I actually still really like Man of Steel. I do but too. The stuff, DC, the DC, this DC universe doesn't have a very good reputation. There was nothing. Like Marisha said, Aquaman got there solely on its own merit 
And it is a really good film. And all the supporting characters are spot on. Yes. And I have to I just have to keep reminding myself that this is not this is not my comic book version of Aquaman I grew up with. Mm-hmm. This is a different character. Right. But Mara is wonderful. And when they started announcing cast, Nicole Kidman, excellent. Willem Dafoe, excellent. I'm all in on that. Patrick Wilson, it, A+. Plus. Amber Heard, I went, Ugh. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, she really thought of the supporting cast, this is the wink link. She's not. She's no. The, the, the character itself is spot on, and she's really good. Yeah, she did a great job. There's um, not a moment in that film where she's a damsel in distress either. No, definitely not. Hey, fun. Uh, she, she saves Aquaman's ass just as much as he saves hers. <laughs> Which, that's she, fair. She holds her own through that entire film. Mm-hmm. And she's really good, and the character's really good. Patrick Wilson as Ocean Master, I was Ooh. really impressed with. Yeah. I love that character, mm-hmm. that was a great interpretation of him. And Patrick Wilson's a, a very good actor, good job. I really like this movie. This is my favorite DCU film. Yeah. You know, oh. fun fact, do you know who voiced the, uh, uh, what was the, the creature called? The Kraken creature. Yeah. You yes. know who that was, huh? I do, but I'm going to let you tell it. That's Mary Poppins. That's Julie Andrews. Yes, it is. <laughs> Who turned down a chance to cameo in Mary Poppins to do this. She turned down a chance to cameo in Mary Poppins because she didn't want to detract from Emily Blunt, I think. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Either way. You know. No, she was... Yeah. That That was super, yeah, that was super fun. Before you believe. <laughs> Whatever. Your first actually a wife. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, we should clarify. Are we are y'all are y'all gonna spoil this movie? Are you gonna spoil or spoiler free? No, I don't think we're. It, well, we'll be we'll be spoiler light. How's that? Spoiler light. Okay, I'm not worried about it for me. It's I'm worried about out. it for. I don't want to surprise any audience members. But the movie's been out for a month. I mean, if anyone hasn't seen it, <clears throat> it's their own fault. <laughs> <laughs> just say it. Poor. <laughs> I had to buy ramen noodles. <laughs> well, so how nice. about if we ever start making money, then we'll uh, we'll fund everybody's everybody's movie watching habits. <laughs> I think that's a good plan. Why is Febreze so expensive? That was the biggest surprise. <laughs> I was like, oh, I need to go get some Febreze. It smells bad in here. And then I spent like fifteen dollars on things just to make my damn smell good. <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh, there goes all of my lunch money for the week. I'm really sorry. Being an adult is super expensive. Did we just transition from superhero movies to Davis College life? Apparently. <laughs> well, there, no, there was there was a linear line of why that happened. Yeah. We're but, explaining why I haven't seen. <laughs> currently, as of last night, David's college life like might have become a superhero story. It's true. Maybe. It's true. I wasn't freaking quite close now, enough, apparently. <laughs> Oh, I can be the guy in the chair for her. Yes, that's your new job. You're the official guy in the chair for your new your superhero girlfriend. That sounds cool. Gosh. That's that's all the fun, none of the danger. <laughs> Perfect. Twenty <laughs> first <laughs> century men at its best. I'm gonna sit behind the computer. I don't know if that's true <laughs> though. Like you know, people who are affiliated with superheroes don't usually have good. That's true. Luck. That's true. 
Oh no! <laughs> yeah, literally in the Spider-Man trailer, Ned gets shot. Just in the trailer, not even the movie. Yep. So maybe maybe the man in the chair isn't isn't the best gig. Maybe you should manage to be in the next um, the next science uh, building explosion that you know, happens. Maybe maybe I should just. Actually, I think David, I think what you're David, what you're trying to tell you, me is I should break up with her. This is how you need to look at it, David. How many superhero okay. significant others who weren't superpowered themselves actually lived? This is yeah, a valid so what, question. What, what I'm getting is I need to dump my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like maybe. <laughs> but no, I really enjoyed the movie. And as someone who, like Daniel has a perspective on it as someone who's very versed in the comic books. And for me, it was... I. You know, I've read comic books, but I've actually never read an Aquaman comic book. And and I take, came in totally uninitiated. And I I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. It, it's my favorite DCEU movie at this point. I'm really hoping that here pretty soon that's going to change. Uh, because I've got really high hopes mm-hmm. for Shazam. <sighs> yes. I do too. Yes. Super Super hyped for Shazam. Not as hyped as yeah, my four-year-old, though. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever get his lightning bolt to glow? No. Man, I tried. I tried a hundred different... And it's just as well, because you know that little turkey wouldn't wear the Shazam costume when we got to Dragon Con? Yeah, I don't want to wear it. <laughs> Kids are we the worst. We talk about the Shazam trailer off of that. that... I can't, yeah. but actually... At... Being excited about that Shazam movie is a big deal because the, I remember the first production photos, and I yes. see it, it, it yeah. looked like a padded, it looked like mm-hmm. a padded cheap Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. But whatever they've done to it since, it works in the trailers. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, you know the first time we ever saw the Captain America costume for uh, for the first Avenger, it looked terrible. Yeah. When we had the shot of him riding the motorcycle, that was like the first image they released from that movie. Everybody went, oh my God, that looks so bad. Yeah. And that movie's great too. Yeah. It is really. But I mean, Zachary yeah, Levi is I'm so fun. for the Shazam movie. He pulls off, I mean, at least in, in the, you know, 90 second trailer, like overgrown 12 year old way too convincingly. Yeah. But if you watched Chuck, you knew mm-hmm. he could do it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. That that was one of the best trailers for a superhero movie I think I've ever seen. It it the the first one or the most recent one, both. But I mean yeah, the, the most recent one, good. that shot where he jumps off the building, yes. Yes. he says Shazam. That is one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a yes. superhero movie, and it's just the trailer. Yes, that was and awesome. I can already, one of my favorite scenes in that movie is going to be them in the realtor office trying to buy a layer. That is freaking <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty great. Um, because that's something a couple of 12-year-olds would do. Right. Elijah yeah. was telling me he wants... Your finest beer, please. Right. <laughs> Your finest, exactly. Elijah says, I want that costume where they're, where they're buying something, where they're buying a, a, a place by the water. I was like, yeah, the Shazam? He's like, yeah, that's what I want. Super excited. Shazam the- always did have a great look, though. And mm-hmm. that is one of the ones that it, it's one of those classic costumes that hadn't changed much. Mm-hmm. In the, in the yeah. new 52, they put a hood on his cape. And I actually thought it worked. And that's the only thing uh, they've you ever... like the hood? I do like the hood. I'm in the minority. I, like I do hood. like the hood. But I like I, I like the collar better. 1940s look, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is, I've watched... 
um, The Incredibles too many times. I can't have a conversation about superhero capes without hearing little boys going, no, no okay. capes. No, no, no. <laughs> Me too. In fact, someday I think I'm going to dress. I think I'm going to go to a con as Edna Mode just so I can walk up to all the people in superhero costumes and go, no, no capes. I think that would be fun. Yeah. Do do you do y'all remember who's directing uh, the Shazam movie? You know, I hate to say it, but I'm not even sure who the director on that movie is. Google uh, knows. Hang on a sec. Uh, it's David Sandberg. Has he done anything that is notable? It, it doesn't come off the top of my head. I'm just wondering because I remember like one of the things that I think probably sold a lot of people on Aquaman was that James Wan was directing. Yeah. And that was right. great. So I'm wondering who would what, what's behind Shazam. You know. Exactly. I, it looks like he's a Swedish filmmaker. Okay. Uh, he's a director and composer. And okay. honestly, I don't see anything. He did and the he he did Annabelle uh creation, the the horror movie that came out. That's what uh-huh. it was. Yes, I remember talking about this whenever they first announced him. How did I forget this? And yep. other than that, I really don't see anything. A lot of it's not even stuff from the U.S. and a lot of it is short film. So Handel Creation seems to be where he like, you know, his, his where he made his name in the U.S. Yeah, but Dave is getting on to something there. There is a connection. Yeah, that, James uh, Wan is the uh, is he directed the the Conjuring right, which is what Annabelle James Wasseter is the creator of the Conjuring universe. Yeah. Oh wow. Which Annabelle is a part Sam of. Berg is one he is. Yeah. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Hmm. It's a small world. Because I'd say like it? the styles of the trailers look very similar. Like I, I don't know. It feels. It almost feels like I'm watching a James Wan trailer whenever I, I watch the Suzanne trailer, which is a comp, which is a compliment. The 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 trailer's uh, incredible. Yeah. Well, I was excited for this trailer because it finally showed us a little action. Um, the first one really didn't. Right. Yeah. And. You know, because that, that's kind of the thing is like it all looks good when they're standing around talking, but how's it, how are the fights going to look? I don't think they've really confirmed or denied that this is in the same continuity or not. As far but, as I'm aware, they did reshoots a couple of months ago to add to add Henry Cavill oh, into well, this film. That's oh wait a minute, great. I didn't I didn't know we were questioning whether or not it's set in the DC the DC film universe. Well, okay, what what I meant by that was more. I think it's obviously set there, but how much of a connection are they really going to give right. it to the other movies is uh, is what I was sort of second-guessing. Who cares? None of the other Justice Leaguers are in Aquaman. Well, You don't need that. And the, I mean, well, honestly, I like, I hope it's good. I hope it connects. But the DCU, is, despite the fact Aquaman just came out and it's really good, as a whole, the DCU is still really a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, okay. with them pushing, they, right. they've pushed Wonder Woman back a whole nother year, the, uh, the sequel, um, the, the it's flash movies not. apparently never getting made We're how many <laughs> years in, and we still don't have a Batman movie, man, but you know what? what? They're on the right track. What better way, They're making good what, movies. That's it. What better way to course correct than to do what you should have done in the first place and make some good standalone movies without trying to force mm-hmm. all the connective tissue. No, I agree. And and that's what I'm yep, hoping that they're headed right. in the right direction. 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm still concerned about the decision to push Wonder Woman back so far. That that concerns me. But I'm not sure. I, I understand just the fact that it gets pushed is kind of a, a warning, maybe. But you're still dealing with Patty Jenkins. You're still dealing with Gal Gadot. You're still dealing with Chris Pine, which is actually, I got to see how they explain that. Wait, but what? I'm sure they're everything that made it so good is, 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 is everything still that made the first one tech. so good is still is coming back for this one. Everything that Chris made the Pine's first coming one work, back. How did I miss that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's pictures of him on set, and he's in the and movie. He's wearing 1980s clothing, by the way, so it's not a flashback. Mm-hmm. What? Yep. Is he this wearing is... jams? I hope he's wearing jams. <laughs> <laughs> I realized the other day. That when people in their twenties are talking about old people, they're talking about us. Mm-hmm. No, they're talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> You're not talking about me. Just, I'm not old yet. I'm, and I'm not in denial at all. Totally not. Yo. <laughs> How old are your children? My children, uh, exactly. nine. Not yeah. as old as your children. That's no. true. <laughs> well, um, not as young as his children either. Oh, uh, that's true. I guess. I guess the baby is younger than Elijah. So, okay, I'm, I'm old-ish, just not. All right, so we had the Shazam trailer. It's really good. We also, on the other side from Marvel, we got a Spider-Man, home, or Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. Is yes. that correct? Yes, Far yes. From Home, yeah. This is my favorite trailer of the year. And I know the oh. year, I know it's only January, but y'all know what I mean. It's my favorite trailer recently. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff in that trailer. Seven o'clock in the morning, I'm sleeping my dad texts me, OMG, 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 OMG. And I didn't know what he was talking about. The, the night before, a, a, a little small Game of Thrones teaser had come out. And I yeah, opened the- that text message and I was like, Jesus, it wasn't that good, Dad. Like, okay, I'm happy you're excited for it. And he's like, no, the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer dropped. And, and oh, what a what a perfect way to wake up. Yep. And what's funny is that trailer, there were rumors about what was in that trailer. And when you heard the description, mm-hmm. you're going, well, that sucks. That mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah. That really yeah. sounds like it sucks. And then when you see it, it's freaking spectacular. Yeah. Yes. That trailer is awesome. You know, and I was, oh, Jake sorry. Gyllenhaal, Mysterio, look, he looks so cool. And it's one of the dumbest characters mm-hmm. visually ever created. But he mm-hmm. looks really cool. It, it looks good on screen. Looks and they even, so. yeah, they didn't do away with the fishbowl. Nope. There's still a shot with him wearing the damn fishbowl, <laughs> and it works. How did they it do that? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, and there's, there's, there's so much to speculate on off of that. There's a it's pretty, there's a pretty well. There's a there's a pretty wide prevailing theory of what's going on there that I actually kind of think really is the case too. I don't know if we're going to go into that or not. Well, if people know what I'm talking about, I have but, no idea. Well, can I can about. I guess that he's 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 using illusions to make all that happen, like the the sand and the Hydra Man and stuff, and then he's that's defeating what, it. So it's like a syndrome, like a syndrome from Incredibles. That's what most of the fans are mm-hmm. thinking. But it looks like actual magic. Like I don't know how that's gonna be like an illusion. I mean, I guess. I mean, there's there's the technology exists in the universe to make a fake man made of water. But 
I think that sounds really cool. That sounds really good. And you know what? I bet these movies are good enough that they're going to convince you for half a second that Mysterio is actually a good guy, and that's when they're going to punch you in the face. Because they're going to make you love this character and want to support him and want to get behind him, and then they're going to stab you in the back with whatever happens, and I cannot wait to see this movie. I'm so happy for Jake Gyllenhaal also, because he he came so close to being Spider-Man. And then the poor guy didn't get it. But now he gets to be involved in, in something like this. And, and he's a great actor, too. Like, having him in the, in the universe is, is, is a, it's a um, win-win for everybody. Yeah, definitely. Now, so what is that whenever – it's like what he was just saying a second ago, that whenever we heard about this trailer, I really didn't like it. And also, I really hated the pictures we were seeing even months ago, like of all the new suits. You yeah. remember when those were coming out, like the picture, the black and red one, the stealth one? I really hated those suits. In fact, I even had a bit of a problem with the suit that was in Spider-Man Homecoming because I really like Spider-Man oh, and yeah. I really like my Spider-Man to be just red be and blue. Spider-Man. He's wearing mm-hmm. a, just right. be Spider-Man. He has a blue suit and he wears red. He doesn't have the technology. He doesn't have the gadgets on the side, blah, blah, blah. But then yep. I played the Spider-Man PS4 game and now I have a huge appreciation for alternate suits and now, especially after seeing this trailer, I really like the black and red suit. Like, I like it a lot. Yeah. Like, if that becomes his just his suit from now on, I think I'd be okay with it. So, well, is it really black, or is it more just like a navy blue? No, it looks black. I think. It, yeah, it might be navy, but in the scenes they've shown it in, it looks really dark. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So what do you think the story with the suit is? Because it looks to me like in the trailer when he's packing mm-hmm. he uh, that it. he like intentionally just refuses to pick up the suit that was made by Stark. Yeah. Right. Well, I thought that, but in the international trailer, there's an extra scene um, when he's at the airport, he opens up his suitcase and Aunt May put that suit in the suitcase and let the note. Uh, okay. And it's a little funny scene where the, the, the worker is like, I, I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. scene. But that's the thing I thought, I thought what you were thinking. I was like, Oh, that makes sense. He but, leaves it at home because he says, screw it. And then yeah, he gets a new one. Right. His whole intention is he just wants to go to a Europe and hang out with his friends. But I don't know what's going I mean, I guess it looks like the black and red suit has a glider. So I guess that Nick Fury gives it to him because he knows he's going to need a glider to take on the, the Storm villain. The suit from Homecoming had a little bit of that going yeah. on because that's, he uses yeah, it that, when he's on the uh, on the uh, Washington Monument. Yep. That's right. That's right. Maybe he gets yep. it. Maybe it gets destroyed. And <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe Tony Stark isn't around anymore to repair it. Huh? Never can tell. Yeah, I'm not liking those speculations. No, I don't think people like Pepper Potts signed the Pepper Potts signed the um the check. Yeah, yeah she was made Pepper's CEO been, of the of Pepper's the company. Been CEO ever since Iron Man two. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we'll see. But I, I'm really excited about that one. And uh, you know, speaking of trailers, we got a little indication today because uh, we've we've kind of gone back and forth over the last few times we've recorded talking about this Star Wars trailer and when's it coming. And it looks like we're waiting until celebration. Yeah, I read that, that they pretty much have said it's not coming out during the Super Bowl. Yeah, Disney purchase time. I can't remember the name I of the can't group. Believe, I can't believe we can't even get a teaser. I don't even want a teaser. I want like 
I want like one image and I want the title reveal like that. Mm -hmm. They could, they could just reveal the title during the Super Bowl and it would still be the biggest, it would still be the biggest ad, the most watched ad of the Super Bowl. For sure. Do we have any speculation on what the title could be? Or have we already talked about that in this Mm -hmm. before? We haven't talked a lot about it. We we've kind of run over it briefly. Um, I don't remember really hearing any title speculation. There's not a lot of speculation. There's been a few things and they were, I don't even remember what any of them were at this point. They were all kind of out there. And we did get a rumor last week. We talked about it on last week's episode that the trailer has been cut for this movie. But the other side of that is they're still filming. Like As far as that goes, it sounds like they're filming on into February. Uh, we've had a few actors that have started over the last few days have started kind of going on Twitter and saying, you know, it's been great. I'm done with my filming. Uh, Richard Richard Grant is done with his. Anthony Daniels is done with his. Um, mm-hmm. I think they said that Adam Driver was done with his. Oh, sorry. David, uh, as far as speculation goes on the title, there's been a few things, but but very little. I think everybody's just... There are so many directions this movie could go as far as what this what this movie has to do that I'm not really sure anybody mm-hmm. even knows what to guess um well i just want to bring this up i thought this i thought maybe i caught a little something since you asked like we have no idea what this movie what's good what's going on i caught a little something on twitter um i follow mark hamill on twitter mm-hmm. and the other day and, and adam driver was um was nominated for an oscar for his performance in black Klansman, right uh which looks really great i haven't seen it and mark hamill tweeted Congratulations, Adam, on your well-deserved Oscars nomination for Black Klansman. Comma, playing a good man only pretending to be evil. Hashtag just saying. Now. I caught that. I caught that and I hate that, that, that. Does that mean anything to y'all maybe? I mean, like, am I, am I crazy for thinking he might be talking about Kylo Ren here? I mean, the hashtag just saying kind of like, oh, oh, no. you're just saying what, Mark? I think he's just saying he's messing with people. Yeah. That's he, it. Mark he, loves to mess he with He is the Joker. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> a good point. Um, but I'm not crazy for thinking he's referring to Star Wars, right? Like, I'm no, not no, I think that's what he, he was going he's for. He's doing it just so people like us will have this stupid conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's that definitely sounds like what he's getting at, but I think he's messing with people, yeah. us, and all the other nerds. But there's a group, I can't remember the name of the group that does it, but basically they their main thing is tracking trailers for movies, when they're coming, what's going to be in them. And, and they basically, they, they checked um, to see how much advertising time Disney purchased for the Super Bowl. And based on that, their assumption is that Disney is going to allocate that time to the movies that are coming out. Um, you know, you've got Captain Marvel, you've got Endgame, as well as a few other things like not non-Marvel things coming out this summer. And so the assumption is that they're going to allocate more time now to those things and that we'll see more Star Wars stuff start to pick up probably after Endgame comes out. That right. seems like a reasonable... Which Endgame, Endgame comes out the last week of April. Yeah. I already know. <laughs> I haven't memorized. So, yeah, I think we'll get... At this point, it sounds like we're getting our trailer during Star Wars Celebration. 
yeah. the, you know, in early April. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, April, yeah, like, 11 through. Of, we were all hoping we would get, like, a teaser or something in the Super Bowl, but we really figured all the big drops were going to come at Celebration. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not really surprised. I'm just, I'm having a hard time believing that they're going to hang on to that title reveal until Celebration. Because there's going to be preparing all sorts of merchandise yeah. with this movie title on it. And it's going to be really hard to keep under wraps. It's always the toy companies, always, always the action figures. Toy companies that's always leak it. everything. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and people, I am back before the last Jedi title released. A lot of people were talking because Disney had copyrighted Star Wars Forces of Destiny. So everybody was convinced that that was going to be the title there for a while. Um, so it's always you know the deep cuts that people are like really watching out for, and the thing is they're so obscure and Disney's so big, you know, it, it's really anybody's guess. While we're on Star Wars here for a minute, did y'all, I, Daniel, uh, David, you probably didn't see it. I'll read it. Daniel, did you see the comment from Richard Grant, which he didn't say it was from Richard Grant, but about the script security? Uh, yeah, yeah, I had I had read it. I had read that before you ever sent it to me. He, he, Richard Grant's made five or six comments in different interviews that have been analyzed. <laughs> so, but yeah, I saw that about the script security too. Right. But yeah, I mean, well, Mark Hamill talked about the red paper first. We, we first saw that yep. from him, but we wondered yeah. like how, how do they have time to learn their lines if they're just like getting it and then the security guys taking the script and leaving. And this, yeah. this comments, you know, so basically in this interview, I'm not real sure who this interview was with, but he said, uh, it's, extra- it's extraordinary. He began, they don't give you a script. You have to go to a room where there are bodyguards outside, closed circuit television cameras, and it's printed on crimson paper so you can't photograph it. You have to read it in there and then leave. You're given the pages on the day that you work and you have to sign for them and sign out for them as well, uh, as well as there are security guards on the set just for script security. So it sounds like they pretty much only get their scripts on the day they're filming. Yeah, they get the pages for what they're filming. And you just get the pages for it, right, exactly, for the scene you're fitting to film. There's a rumor, because a lot of movies, like, they break filming up weird, but uh, there's been some rumors that J.J. Abrams has been filming this one chronologically, which is actually kind of rare for movies these days. Uh, yeah, it is. But It's rare for but, movies all the way back to the beginning. Yeah, you, you sort of, yeah. you sort of, you sort of go to a location and shoot everything that happens. Well, yeah, in that once you start doing location movies and not on sets, then yeah, you film yeah. at the location you're at. But right. if if your cast, their performance is going to be based on the information, not just of what's happening today, but all the information that's come before it. So if if they can't read the whole daggum script, then that's really the only way to do it. Well, I, I, the way I thought. Richard was saying was I think they do get to read the whole script once. Yeah, they. they yeah. Okay. That's what happens in that. That's what happens in that room. They get to read the whole script, and then when you show up to shoot, they give you the pages of what you're shooting, just like as a refresher, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You just don't get to keep. You don't get to hang on to anything. Like it's all very closely guarded. Sounds like fun. It is crazy. <laughs> it's crazy that that's the world that that we're living in now. That that's that's what. Yeah. These things are these movies are so serious. It's it's like it's like the president carrying around the atomic football with the with a briefcase handcuffed <laughs> to it or something. Like it's it's that level of security now. 
Yeah, it really is. And I think that's really interesting just to remind you the level that Star Wars really is at because they're not we haven't heard reports about this for like something like in game. So it right. really like does make you think like, wow, Star Wars really is it reminds you like it really is that big of a deal. And yeah, nothing else is on a level like that. Well, and the reason that it's like that is because everyone is so desperate for information. You know, clearly they don't just do this just for kicks. They do it because there have been security issues. Well, you also have yeah. the risk of if you let anything what leak, is those... then you get yeah. people that are out looking. You, you've got people out there right now that are looking for anything they can find to badmouth this movie ahead of time. Mm-hmm. As long as there's no leaks, then all they're doing is just making crap up. Speculating, yeah. But, but but that's the thing that's 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 part of the point I'm trying to make is that it's crazy that the fact that something would leak is actually that big a deal. Like it, it's just nuts to me that oh, did you hear that this is gonna happen in the new Star Wars movie? Like why is that even an issue? Like that's the level we've gotten to with this stuff mm-hmm. that knowing what happens in the movie beforehand has become such people get such a bloodlust over it. And I don't like spoilers either, but it's just it's just crazy to me that we've gotten to this level where even the studios are taking this extreme to prevent information from getting out about a movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, that's how seriously some fans take some of this stuff. No, you're right though. I'm pretty sure that information is more closely guarded than some state secrets. Of course, probably a lot more people care about what's going to happen in the next Star Wars movie than most state secrets, too. Well, everybody in our government lies anyway, so... Yeah, yeah. no joke. So did y'all happen to catch... Uh, Daniel, I sent it to you. I didn't have any way to send it to David, uh, that Star Wars uh, celebration poster. I did. What'd it's you think about cool. it? Uh, I'm indifferent to it. I mean, it's a cool poster. I'm not... I do, I, I do like the fact that Kylo Ren's still on the evil side of the poster. Yeah, although there's some odd things in there uh, where you've got people kind of sitting in the middle that don't make sense, and you know, there. I thought it was pretty well split. It is well, except you got Padme like literally sitting dead center, and Yoda sitting dead center, which is a little odd. But it's very reminiscent of the old posters, particularly the prequel era posters, in the way yeah. that it's laid out. Except that I'm not sure it's quite as carefully laid out Mm -hmm. but i mean one artist did all those this is a different artist that was just going for that feel so it's going to be a little different but i like it it's a it's a neat poster um it's got some people missing that i was kind of surprised are missing from it well i mean coming up on this movie i'm kind of surprised that uh poe dameron is not in this poster but yeah yeah i mean you only had so much room i mean but no it's uh, it's pretty cool i'm not i'm not making a big deal of it one way or the other I'd be more excited about it if I were going to celebration. Just saying. So you may not have heard uh, when we recorded with the kids last, Andrew said something in passing that we weren't going to celebration this year. And Iana says, what? What do you mean we're not going? She was real cut up about it. <laughs> this is not news, chick. All right. So is there any uh, any TV stuff that anybody's been watching? Uh you know, science fiction or fantasy related. You know, the Daniel, have you been watching the Orville? The Orville. Y'all don't understand. 
I wake up at 4.30, I go to work, I get home at 8 o'clock, and I go to bed. David, do you watch The Orville? And I love no. The Orville. I just you have no haven't time. had time to watch season two. Alas. Well, you well, can I, binge it when you get home. I, I feel like it really kind of picked up where it left off last season. Like, yeah. it's been good. Um, when the first season started, like, that Seth MacFarlane humor was really, really kind of laid on heavy in the first couple episodes. And as mm-hmm. it went, it became a little bit more serious and became a really good balance of the humor. The humor was used in appropriate places, right. except when it was intentionally used in inappropriate places. But it's, uh, it's, it, the, the humor has been really well balanced and it's really become one of the best sci-fi shows on TV right now. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I really feel like that's true. And I just never thought that the words can't wait for the new Seth MacFarlane show would ever come out of my mouth. But here we are. Well, I didn't know till I was reading something the other day that before he decided to make the Orville, he actually pitched a Star Wars, I mean, a Star Trek show to CBS and and they rejected it. Yeah, because they wanted to make Battlestar Galactatrek (laughs) or whatever it is they got going. Uh-huh. I don't know, uh, but I really wanted to love Discovery. I did, but I don't. Yeah, I don't think many people. But I do want to give season two of Discovery a chance. I do like the characters. Some of the characters we're familiar with, who have been introduced in season two. Then Frakes is directing, I think, three episodes, and Frakes is a very knowledgeable, not only just being part of Next Generation. But he's he's a Trek historian. Mm-hmm. Like he really understands what Star Trek is about. Well, that's why that's why and he's I been see. working with McFarlane occasionally on on the Orville. Yeah, and he and he's given high praise to that show too. That he really enjoys working on that show also. But with Discovery, he being more involved with season two of Discovery makes me want to give Discovery another chance. That makes any sense. That's fair. Yeah. And I do think what I've seen of Anson Mount as Christopher Pike, Mm. I also really like. Mm -hmm. So I'm still not big on the, I'm not crazy about the direction they went with any of the new characters we got in season one and those characters being involved and Frakes being involved directing a few episodes this year. We want to give Discovery a chance. Uh, Just, Again, the same reason I haven't watched Orville yet for season two is the same reason I haven't watched Discovery season two yet. But I'm going to get to it. Yeah. Because <laughs> so. currently Daniel works. All right. I don't watch a lot of TV. I have a lot of trouble finding something to watch. Like I watch something that I'm done for a couple months until something new comes out. Is there mm-hmm. anything y'all would suggest to watch? Well, I watched The Punisher, Punisher season two. Didn't. I yeah, not, right. Punisher season two. Yeah, I just saw. I hadn't started it yet. We'll probably start it sometime this week. Andrew's wife is the worst, and she won't watch super violent stuff right before going to bed. So, alas. Oh, okay, that's fair. That's um, fair. I am still really enjoying The Gifted. Yeah, and I did not expect to like it. Don't I was like, I guess I'll watch this because there's nothing else on. Don't get me started on The Gifted. I thought you liked The Gifted. I did to a certain point. <laughs> until I liked you it didn't. Until we got it. Okay. 
I like the gifted. I did not like the way season two ended. And the mom has the mom gets on my nerves. <laughs> yeah, I'm not she crazy can do a about much. that character. And I especially don't like again, haven't watched season two yet. Daniel works all the time, as Marisha pointed out. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't like the way the first season ended. Hmm. And I'm not crazy about the mom. There were I do over. I do. I did mostly like season one, but just the direction it started going started started kind of uh, hedging my excitement a little bit. I'll put it like that. I started getting a little bit disappointed. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fair. Um, it's not my favorite thing on TV right now. You should definitely watch the Orville, David. Okay. It's the best thing on TV. Oh, that's the Seth MacFarlane one, right? Mm-hmm. What's I've that never, one? What? I've never been able to get David to be as big a Star Trek fan as I am anyway. so I've tried. When I, kind of just, there's so much. I f- okay, like I feel like Star Wars, right? There are six movies. Well, now there's more, but you know, you know what I mean. Like There were six right, movies. Yeah. You watch those movies, you got Star Wars. I feel like with Star Trek... When you try to talk there's to somebody about Trek. what you should watch for Star Trek. There's not that much Star Trek. There's only 60 years worth of television. I mean, I'm sorry. There's only 50 years worth of television, 10 movies, and, you know, thousands of issues of comic novels. On, that's all. Good Good job <laughs> making this point there, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Not that big a deal. Yeah, no, I'm kind of with you. I, I have always enjoyed star trek that i've seen but i've really only watched the original series i've watched i think most of the next generation and oh heaven help me i tried to watch enterprise at some point oh you're gonna get on daniel's wrong side now daniel's a big enterprise fan i just i couldn't love it i watched a couple of seasons of it i just get overwhelmed like i think it was it was on netflix i think the 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 first Star Trek series was on Netflix for a little bit, and I I had it on my list. But every time I'd go to watch it, I'm like, well, I could do that, or <laughs> or I could watch the 13 episodes of Daredevil again, and then be done after 13 episodes, and be like, wow, that was really good, you know? I think I just get overwhelmed well, with it. Here, and it's, here's it's, it's, what, you, you've grown up in a world where it's linear television those 13 episodes tell you mm-hmm. one story episode one to episode 13 okay mm-hmm. serialized television the way it used to be you turn an episode on beginning middle end that was your whole story right there are overarching themes throughout each season of each series but you can watch those episodes skip four episodes and watch another one and not miss nothing Okay, so you don't have to be so worried about needing to consume every episode. I can give you 10 or 12 episodes of each series to watch that would give you the appreciation for Star Trek that you need. That's that's really all you got to do. I'll try. That freaks me out, too, though, because I'm feel like I I feel like I need to get every bit. Okay, for example, before the next season of Game of Thrones comes out, I'm going to rewatch every episode of the show and then attempt to reread the novels because yeah, I just feel Game like I need to get so everything. intricate 
that there's stuff that happens the last episode of season uh-huh. eight that's going to connect to the first episode of season one. That's a I whole just different meant as like an example. The Spider-Man game, before I before I started playing a different game, I 100%ed that game on New Game Plus on the hardest difficulty. I need to finish all of these things to the most possible extent, <laughs> I feel like. And you just can't I'm, adequately invest in Star Trek, so you might as well not even try. I'm sorry, that, say that again? I said you can't adequately invest in Star Trek, so why even try? <sighs> I guess that kind of makes me sound like a... Like a... Like a kind of a jerk there but it's like i'm not even i can't even why even try but i guess i didn't mean it, it that way i'm sorry yeah i won't i've liked what i've seen you know i'm i'm a big the next generation fan and uh big fan of voyager and i love voyager. and i used to watch the original series when it was on tv uh but i mean that's really that's my Star Trek experience. Like those are the things I'm fan of. I've never watched Enterprise. I've never watched. Well, I tried watching Discovery, and I didn't make it very far. And um, I never watched Deep Space Nine. Now I think I've seen all the movies and enjoyed well, yeah. most of them. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I'm a little disappointed actually. Uh, I I don't know if we talked about this, Daniel, but the um. The, the next movie, uh, the fourth movie in the, the Kelvin timeline movies here is, has been canceled. Yeah. That's really sad. I'm and sad that's about fine. that. I'm, I'm not... I really liked Beyond. I did. Uh, yeah. That was the most Star Trek of the new Star Trek movies, that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was the one that really sort of felt like it kind of belonged in that original series kind of world. Mm-hmm. And we can get into a whole big debate about the Kelvin timeline and the prime timeline and Spock's time jump and the alternate reality. But it, 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 we're not going to get into all that tonight. You just have to appreciate those new films for what they are. They're something different. They're still enjoyable. And they made a whole lot of new Star Trek fans. Yeah, right. And the, but the, the, the stuff that happens in the prime time was primarily television. Mm-hmm. So, like I told David, you can take, and really in the original series, it probably doesn't even take 10 or 12. It probably only takes five or six episodes to gain an appreciation for what Star Trek was socially, politically, at the time. And also just for entertainment value. It, it, that was always, a, that was one of the first shows that tried beyond the entertainment value of it, that tried to sort of elevate what you made people think about while they were watching something that's masked as just entertainment. Right. Right. I mean, that's really what, you know, kind of Star Trek being the beginning of the the golden age of sci-fi, where sci-fi became probably the best venue. I know what you're trying to say. Sci-fi became the go-to genre for television. For television and for for social commentary. Yes. Like now social commentary is mostly done through, through comedy. Right. But there was a long stretch of time and, and and sci-fi still does that. It's just that now it's done. So with things like family guy and uh, South park where social commentary, when, when you say social commentary, those are the things people think about where there was a time where social commentary was star Trek. Or to a lesser extent in the eighty or in the nineties with things like sliders. You know, th- I think the most f- 
fascinating thing for me when I actually went back as an adult and watched the original Star Trek series was I had, you know, whenever Andrew and I were dating, I made my wedding dress because I'm an idiot. And so spent like a hundred hours with a needle and thread sitting in front of the TV watching Stargate. And so, I mean, what, 20 seasons of Stargate, you know, 10 seasons of SG-1 and like 10 seasons of Atlantis. And then when I went back and watched the original Star Trek series, it was like, oh, wow, it's all really derivative, isn't it? I was amazed at how, how influential just the tropes and the themes and the same essential stories show up again and again and again in sci-fi ever since. It's like it's like um, well, between Tolkien. Between that and the, the Twilight Zone mm-hmm. and, and things like that, yeah, a lot of those tropes that were developed early on are the staple of science fiction TV making. I and mean, it's like... We talked about social commentary. That was Twilight Zone. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's kind of like fantasy. You know, modern fantasy is ultimately Tolkien-esque. And I feel like modern sci-fi, if it's especially if it's space-related, is inherently... Space exploration stuff, yeah. Yeah, is, is inherently um, Star Trek-influenced. I've and, never thought about that comparison. That's, uh... Yeah. Just based on what I've seen of Star Trek, I'd have to agree. And I've seen barely any of it, so that must be, you must be on to something there. Mm-hmm. Well, and of course, one of the things I love about it is there, it seems like there are fewer and fewer things every year that I can sit down and actually watch with my kids and have a conversation about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's important, you know, is to me, you know, an entertainment is something that I can sit and I can have a conversation about with other adults. I can sit and talk with you guys. And it's also important things that I can talk about with my kids. So, you know, again, I realize that makes me old. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we wrap up for the night and let uh, Daniel get a little bit of sleep, I did have a little bit of Star Wars news related to The Mandalorian. And uh, that's the one that... You know, I'm really excited about that. I think we're all really excited about that one. And yeah, it's just a little yeah. things, but we got some uh, some kind of story points that might, they're sort of rumor, but they've kind of been confirmed. We talked a little bit about how this would relate to Mandalorian culture because we know they brought Filoni on and that's, that's the main reason I still believe that they brought Filoni on because they're going to develop Mandalorian culture. We're set several years after Return of the Jedi, after the fall of the Empire. We don't know what kind of havoc the Empire wreaked on Mandalore, on Mandalore but we know it was bad. And at this point, as far as what we know about the Mandalorians is that they're scattered across the galaxy. And so the story point that we got this week was actually pretty neat, was that this character, our the Mandalorian, our main character, is affiliated with a secret enclave of Mandalorians. Part of the big rumor there is based on the fact we know that his armor continues to evolve throughout the movie. That Through the series? Through the series. That every time we've seen it or seen pictures of it, that it's there's different things. Like somebody noticed a couple of weeks ago that one of the shots that came out that there were pieces of death trooper armor incorporated into his armor. So there's this, you know, the rumor that among this enclave is an armorer who is equipping him with all these specialized tools for whatever his mission is. And so 
and then like, the idea is that this through this enclave, this group of Mandalorians, that we're going to really begin to flesh out where the Mandalorians are and what Mandalorian culture looks like. Well, that was part of my, and I've discussed this before. Mandalorians are not really my thing, but if we're gonna if we're going to have a Mandalorian show, then the stuff you're talking about is kind of part of what I hoped would have happened that yeah. we would get to or more of Mandalorian culture and sort of figure out more of what they're all about. Right. Because we've never done that. You know, we had the char- most of the characters we've had in live action, all the characters we've had in live action actually were not even Mandalorians, at least as far as we know yeah. now. So all the fleshing out of Mandalorian culture has been done. There's not even books. It's all been done in the animated series by Dave Filoni. Yep. So now we get a chance to see some of that brought into into live action, and I'm really excited for that. The other little neat thing, John Favreau has just been great with the things he keeps dropping on on Instagram, and he dropped another picture because we talked a few weeks ago. He had dropped a picture of IG88 and confirmed that IG88 is going to be in this film. We dropped one this week, and it's R5D4, which if you don't remember who R5-D4 is, R5-D4 is the droid the Jawas try to sell to Owen Lars that had the bad motivator. <laughs> That's great. And oh, I'm looking at that right now. As far as we're aware, it could just be an R5 unit, but as far as we're aware, they've actually, it looked like they've taken care to match the paint and that this is actually R5-D4, which That's lends cool. a lot of credence to the fact that we're on Tatooine. Yeah, I was just going to say that makes that more likely at this point. Right. Which we were we were already kind of guessing that that might be where we are. And I think that really kind of nails that down, that we're at least going to Tatooine at some point. I mean, it's where Star Wars always kind of seems to wind up, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and the other really great rumor about the Mandalorian right now, the thing that I've really been crying out for in Star Wars is... They're saying lots of original series, you know, a lot of classic aliens will yeah. make a comeback in this. That's exciting. Yeah. Aliens cool. are always good, you know. Well, and I feel like my my one, I think my biggest gripe across the board with the new movies has just been their total, the, the fact that they've almost totally ignored alien species that we've been ex- introduced to prior. And it's just, instead of showing us familiar species that it's just constantly like making new ones until they went to the point where they did the canto bite scene and most of the things they are just it was like the, it was like the fifth element more than it was star wars as far as the aliens that populated canto bite maybe in their eagerness to grow the universe you kind of forget that like if you are also going to continue to see the same kind of creatures at some point they're going to show up again, kind of what you're getting Right, at. right. So I'm excited to see that the Mandalorian is looking at bringing a lot of those species back. In fact, the rumor, whoever put this rumor out there basically said, if you have any of the old original toys, the, the action figures, if you have any of those alien figures, they're probably going to show up. That's, That's cool. cool. And that'll be exciting. You know, again, like we've talked about before, fan service is not a bad thing. You know, all those people who obsessively collected all the random Star Wars characters in the 80s, 
They want to see him again. That's fair. So let's give it to him. This is, it, it, it's foolproof. Nobody's going to complain about anything like that. It's nothing but good press to be like, yep. look, we're giving you all the stuff you like. No one's going to. Right. This is going to make people more and more excited. And, yes. and I. Right. I think they're doing everything right. It's, it's yeah. everything you see. It's like this is exact. This is perfect. Right. Doing it looks like we're exactly developing this really right. new story. But we're getting lots of familiarity with, you know, mm-hmm. that ties back to in doing a TV series, the first live well, action TV really series. It's really to. important to to really root it in everything mm-hmm. that came before. And that looks like what they're doing. What were you saying, Daniel? I just was going to kind of say what Andrew just said, that that's sort of what's what this new era of Star Wars, since Disney has had it, has kind of needed. Is mm-hmm. is kind of some balance between, like when you look at the two movies we've gotten so far, some of the criticism you got for Force Awakens was it was too safe. It's too derivative to the original trilogy. Right. And then a lot of the criticism you got for The Last Jedi was it went too far away from what Star Wars is. You right. Know, it's it's took too many risks. It's too different. That's not Star Wars. <laughs> right. But you need something in between. You know what I mean? Right. right. Something that feels like it belongs in what came before, but new story. Yeah. You, you got to find some balance somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm hoping episode nine does that. And I think the Mandalorian can do that too. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really what they, what they need at this point to sort of, other than the, the animated series is, which have been well received. They, they need something to sort of ground them in the live action universe. Because we, we really yeah. have we really haven't gotten anything new. Everything that we've gotten is is either we got two movies that are continuations of an old story and then two movies that are telling us a story we already know. Right. Live action at least. Right. So this will be something and now for something completely different. Which isn't which isn't a bad uh, thing. No, the new but the the new trilogy is new is new story. My point was one movie got criticized for being too safe, and the other one got criticized mm-hmm. for being way widely too different. Right. I'm not completely agreeing with David there that we haven't gotten anything new. That's kind of been the point. I mean, it is a it is a new story in these new movies. It just hasn't felt that they need some balance between feeling like it's belongs in the world. It, uh, that came before and telling something different, like I was just saying. And I think it really looks like, at least so far, at least with just the the marketing that John Favreau has done on Instagram so far, he seems to really be walking that line well. Yeah. Completely different story and with a heavy seasoning of nostalgia thrown in. Yes. All right. Well, unless anybody's got anything they want to add, I think that's probably going to wrap us up for tonight. I played Dungeons and Dragons, and that was really cool. Yeah. That's it. That's the whole story. Too bad Robbie's not here. He'd be super excited. All about some We're going to get it on the fact that David has become a dungeon master, and uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. But before we go, Marisha, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram at Princesses and Padawans and also at princessesandpadawans.com. And David? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, dank.davy. And then I should probably update that. And then um, and you can find me on my YouTube channel at David Peoples TV. Awesome. And Andrew? 
All right. Uh, you can find me at uh, Darklighter580 on Twitter, or you can find me at thesciencefictionary.com. And I am Daniel Peoples. You can find me at Dan C. Peeps on Twitter. And as always, follow us on Twitter at Sci underscore Fictionary. And until next time, may the force be with you. 